between the life we see and the world we dream, there are stories when they are told. Nightmares become imagination. So please. <laughs> Thomas, you aren't. Hello to the guild. The nights are getting colder and Halloween draws near. Welcome to the Dim Light Anxiety Podcast. My name is Giggles, and I hope you are ready for my special surprise today. (laughs) Not only do we have one scary Halloween tale about pumpkins, but two. I am so excited to scare you guys twice as much today. I am so excited about Halloween going down this week. I used to party like the best of them, but now my big plans are hiding inside and trying not to get into trouble because trouble is easy to stumble upon when it comes to the day that everyone can be someone they aren't. Our only saving grace is looking believable takes effort. For that reason, and because I like scaring the laughter out of all of us, I will have a special episode come out on Halloween this year. Yay! (laughs) So if one episode a week is too few for you, this week is specifically for you. Enjoy your treat while others try to survive the tricks. But that is later this week. Today we have two fantastic Halloween stories. The first one is written by the talented Reddit author, username Lone Donut, and the second was sent in via email, written by Jose Torres Jr. Let us begin with the first horrific tale. Bullying is painful no matter what age you find yourself. Sarah was just trying to bring beauty to the neighborhood. Why do they have to continue to tear her down just for being different? Submitted for the approval to the Guild with Dim Light Anxiety, I call this story... The Tales of Hollowed Pumpkins. Titled, Old Sarah and Her Jack-O-Lanterns. Every Halloween, Old Sarah would carve pumpkins, and every year the neighborhood teenage boys would smash them. Sarah would spend hours, sometimes days, carving her pumpkins. She would carve and peel and scrape, making beautiful and terrifying designs out of the orange flesh. Since her husband died some years ago, carving pumpkins became the only thing she would look forward to all year. Some asked her why she didn't keep them indoors considering they would be destroyed within the day of being put out on the stoop. Sarah would sigh and say, 
I want the children to come to my door for candy. I am alone. I have no children or grandchildren. I like to see their costumes and see them smile. So yes, I put my pumpkins out in hopes that maybe one day they'll attract good children instead of bad. The neighbors pitied Sarah and would try to watch out for the neighborhood thugs. They would warn them and threaten to call the police if they saw anyone loitering a little too long near Sarah's house. But still, even with the watchful eyes of her neighbors, Sarah's pumpkins would be smashed to bits within 24 hours. Every day, Sarah would put out a pumpkin, and by the next morning, it would be smashed. This continued until finally it was Halloween night. Children in costumes ranging from scary to sweet went from door to door, giggling and eyeing over sugary spoils. Neighbors were too busy with trick-or-treaters and their own children to pay much mind to Sarah's house. She currently had five large, articulately carved pumpkins. They sat on the stoop, ascending the stairs to her front door. They all held bright, golden light illuminating from within. Little Johnny was finally old enough to trick-or-treat without his parents. They told him to be back in an hour, and his father showed him how to read his watch. He was dressed like Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and was running from house to house, his orange jack-o'-lantern canny bucket swung violently to and fro as he went but he did not drop a single piece of candy. It was nearly full, and he had enough room for maybe one more house. He stood at the end of the path leading up to Sarah's porch. The lights in the house were dark, but the pumpkins lit up the front door in an eerie yellow light. He always heard about old Sarah and felt bad for her. He hadn't seen any other trick-or-treaters go up to the door. Slowly, he opened the front gate and made his way up the path. It seemed so quiet. The sounds of children and families fading out behind him as he approached the old house. He wasn't sure why, but he was scared. Johnny stopped at the bottom of the stairs, peering up the large oak door in front of him. He lifted one foot and placed it in front of on the first step. His sneaker squelched as it landed in something wet and sticky. Looking down, Johnny lifted up his foot to inspect whatever it was he stepped in. Dark, red, Liquid stained the bottom of his white shoe and coated his first step. It ran down the gray stone and pooled at the bottom. Johnny froze, and his eyes slowly traced where the liquid was coming from. 
pouring out of the corners of every carbon. The river of blood dripped. It seeped out of their mouths and cried out of the eye sockets. Yet the candles still glowed. The pumpkins watched Johnny with blood-stained grins. Little Johnny didn't even notice when he wet himself in his costume. The next morning, the town was finally told what had happened. The previous night, Sarah had finally caught the boys who were smashing her pumpkins. Police weren't sure how she did it, but she somehow got the boys to enter her house, where she proceeded to chop them up. After slicing their heads from her, their bodies, Sarah carved their faces. She scooped out the eyes, sliced off the nose, and carved smiles and grimaces into their lips. Then she proceeded to place each head into pumpkins and place a small tea-like candle on their tongues. Happy with her work, she placed them on the porch and awaited the first trick-or-treater. Bullshit, said Nick, slapping his knee for emphasis. I held my hands up and laughed. Swear to God, my mom was a kid when it happened. Said she saw one of the pumpkins herself. I say, crossing my heart with one of my fingers. Nick chugged the rest of his Bud Light and chucked it over his shoulder into the woods behind him. Frank sat to the side, watching me seriously. No shit he said, leaning forward and clasping his hands together. No shit. She told me to never go near old Sarah's place, or her ghost would do the same to me. I leaned back against the tree, taking another swig of my beer. Nick snorted, snorted and stood up, wobbling a little. All right, then. Let's go check out old Sarah. He slurred, starting to walk away. Wait, you want to go right now? But it's the middle of the night, Frank said, standing up quickly and going after Nick. I shrugged down the rest of my beer and followed after them. The town was dead quiet. I wasn't sure exactly the time, just that it was late. Nick charged ahead, drunkenly stomping and teetering. Frank was beside him, catching Nick when he teetered a little too far and was trying to convince Nick to stop. Look, dude, I'm already in trouble with my folks. If they find out I was breaking and entering, he dramatically drew his finger across his neck in a slicing motion and stuck out his tongue. Nick waved him off and kept going. I lazily followed after, looking up at the star-ridden sky. I didn't care either way. 
All I knew is that sleep was starting to call my name and I was ready to call it as well. <laughs> hey guys, why don't we do this another night, huh? It's late and I'm tired and I was interrupted by my collision with Nick and Frank. They had stopped abruptly and in my days I didn't notice. I peered past them and suddenly felt very awake and sober. The house wasn't very big. One floor, maybe two bedrooms maximum. The windows were boarded shut and the fence that sounded the, surrounded the yard had seen better time. Nick was standing beside an old mailbox that had a large dent in it and was barely hanging on to its post. We stood and stared. Suddenly, Nick shoved Frank forward and laughed. Go up and knock, man. See if old Sarah is still home, he said laughing, pushing him further up the path. Frank protested and tried to break free, but Nick was larger and stronger. He kept pushing Frank closer and closer to the porch. A cold breeze sent a chill up my spine, and I followed after. It seemed deathly quiet, and something in the air just felt off. Frank and Nick were stumbling up the porch, Nick laughing and Frank grumbling. Raising one hand and winking, Nick nodded, knocked three times loudly on the front door. We stood frozen, listening for any sound. The wooden gate creaked behind us and we all jumped at the sound. Laughing to try and ease the tension, I reached into my jacket pocket and pulled out a pack of cigarettes. I plopped one in the corner of my mouth and flipped open my lighter. The flame was small, but bright in the dim light. I do not blame Sarah for retaliating one bit, but that does seem a little extreme, even for my fucked up brain. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic story. As soon as I read it, I knew it had to be my Halloween week tale. But I am so curious. What do you think their fate is? Did Sarah have her fill of their shenanigans as well? You can always let me know by messaging me on one of my social media platforms or emailing me at dimlightanxiety at gmail.com. I love promoting my fellow writers and discussing their impact on us. Speaking of which, I also wanted to give our awesome writer one more shout out. You can find them on Reddit with the tag name, username, Lone Donut. Now let us listen to the last bit of this story. Take a short breather, then jump right into the next chilling, thrilling pumpkin tale. Frank and Nick turned to look at me, and all the humor from their faces disappeared 
they were looking over me to something that was behind me. Their eyes were wide and full of fear-induced sobriety. I felt a cold breeze again, and the lighter went out. A soft, quiet voice whispered in my ear as I felt a hand on my shoulder. Good boys never come to my house. It was then that I noticed the one jack-o'-lantern sitting at the bottom of the porch. Its wide, toothed grin smiled up at me as its sinister eyes glared. The hand tightened and the unlit cigarette fell from my mouth. Why? Why do the bad ones always come? The voice whispered in my other ear, then chuckled. <laughs> Trick or treat, boys! Don't forget, we have one more story today. But first, the business portion. And for another Halloween treat, I took out some of this portion in today's episode to make room for more story. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so if you want more information about the Guild, just check out the website, dimlightanxiety.com, because we all have anxiety when the lights grow dim. Please give me a like, follow, and five-star review on any podcast listening platform you subscribe to if you enjoyed today's episode and hope to hear more. I am definitely planning on doing more. Doing them until my voice goes. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys rock. I love telling scary stories. And this has been the best October to date because I was reading your spooky tales. Thank you so much to every one of you for making this possible. Knowing I'm not alone with these scary stories makes it a little less frightening to tell. (laughs) Be sure to let your friends know so they can laugh out of fear with us. Speaking of horror tales, it is time for our last one but only for today. Don't forget to check out the Halloween special later this week. This next story, spookily written by Jose Torres Jr., is about two friends and a haunted corn maze. Nothing could go wrong with that, right? The tale of hollowed pumpkins continues. titled Hartwell's Farm and Pumpkin Patch. Stephen and Neil had been driving the car for nearly 90 minutes. The two friends smiled as they saw their destination just up ahead. Happily, they pulled up to the Hartwell's Farm and Pumpkin Patch. The decision between a full-contact haunted house or a haunted corn maid was made easy when they heard of this place. During the day, the Hartwell Farm and Pumpkin Patch is a picturesque farm. It's filled with families on hay rides riding towards a giant field of pumpkins. 
There are kids running around everywhere, enjoying the farm's many activities, ranging from riding on giant tube slides, climbing hay bale pyramids, playing cornhole, getting their face painted to, to nearly everyone stuffing their face with fresh maple donuts and sipping warm cider. To say that ambiance changes at night, would be an understatement. and the light of day, the pleasant family farm is full of laughs, smiles, and families pushing wheelbarrows up from the beautiful patch to the farm store for purchase. By nightfall, the farm morphs into a dark place, fit for a horror movie. After 7 p.m., the Hartwell's Farm and Pumpkin Patch is host to Fright Farm, the state's only full-contact haunted corn maze. The solid reviews coupled with the combining the two exact events the friends wanted to do made the one-and-a-half-hour drive a little more tolerable. They parked the car and made sure they had their pre-printed tickets and exited the vehicle. This is going to be the scariest Halloween ever, Stephen said excitedly. I hope so. Otherwise, why would we have driven all the way out here? Neil replied. The farm was fully decorated with all the props you would expect at a haunted house attraction. The costumes of the staff were professional grade. On their way towards the path, they saw actors dressed as Michael Myers, Pennywise, and many others. Hey, look at that guy from that movie, House of a Thousand Corpses. It's helping direct the crowd, Neil said while pointing at the man. You're talking about Captain Spaulding. Let's go towards the maids, answered Stephen. The two friends followed the path created by pumpkins lining the right and left side of it. It was a busy night at the farm, being that this was the last Saturday before Halloween. The place is crawling with groups of older teens, couples and even some groups of people that appear to be in their 30s or 40s. It seems like getting scared is attractive to a large age demographic. The line isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be for as busy as this place is. Do you remember how long we waited to get in that haunted house last year? Neil asked his friend. Yes, but that was basically in the middle of the city, and that place was way more cramped than a giant maze on a farm. I bet they let quite a few people go in at once here. There they sent us into that place in such small groups, Stephen said. They could see how tall the corn stalks were from where they stood in line. The aerial drone views on Facebook showed how complex the maze was. 
but it didn't do it justice to how tall these stalks of corn are. Hey, we can get lost in a maze of maze, Neil joked. Stephen laughed and said, You are lucky no one heard that joke, or you might really get killed. The time for the next group of people to enter was almost here. Right before the entrance, there was a man dressed as a shirtless medieval hooded executioner blocking the entryway. Beside him, standing atop a bale of hay, was another one of the farm staff ready to review the rules with the next batch of visitors. This one was decked out as a sexy Lizzie Borden with her blood-splattered short dress and an axe in hand. Sexy Lizzie Borden began to speak. Welcome to Fright Farm. We hope you have a good time. But before Brutus here lets you guys in, we have to go over a few rules. First, along with your pre-purchased tickets, you should have filled out the waiver online. If you did not do so already, that's okay. They have printed some for you. But it does mean you have to wait to enter with the next group. You didn't read all the instructions, so now you must wait a little longer. Remember, this is a full contact scare attraction. Our actors are professionally trained. They can and will touch you. But under no circumstances may you ever touch them back. Other than that, no one is allowed to use flashlights, laser lights, or any other forms of illumination, including cell phones, within the maze. This is a corn maze, and some of the corn is dried. So, obviously, there is no smoking of any type. Oh, and yeah, no fucking refunds. <laughs> Have fun. Get scared and make sure you don't shit yourself. As you walk in, hand Brutus or myself your printed ticket and waiver. If you still need to fill out a waiver, step aside. We will help you after we get those that read the instructions online in the maze first. Well, it's a good thing we filled out our waivers at home. I am dying to get inside already. I'd hate to wait any longer, Neil told Stephen. It's a good thing we did. Although, I don't know if I'd mind spending a little more time with Miss Borden over there, if you know what I mean. Stephen answered his friend. Yeah, until Brutus chops your head off, Neil rebutted with a smile. The two handed their papers over to the hulking executioner and entered the maze. Immediately, a deranged clown jumped out from behind the corn and grabbed Stephen 
then let out a high-pitched yell. It gave them both a little scare. Nice way to start, Neil said aloud. They were able to hear screams, spooky sounds, and what sounded like a chainsaw in the distance. The entire maze was illuminated with LED dim light torches. Without those lights, it wouldn't be much of an attraction because nothing would be visible, especially on a night like tonight when the moon is hidden behind the clouds. As they walked through the maze, they passed by many staged bodies with their entrails leaking out of them. There was a person strapped to a table begging for his life while his legs were being sawed off by crazed woodworkers, followed by more several jump grabs. This is pretty cool, Neil said to Stephen. Yeah, I bet it gets scarier as we get deeper into the maze, answered Stephen. Out from behind the cornstalks walked a girl in an all-white dress with long black hair covering her face. She just stood there in the middle of the corn row, staring at them. You know... Even though I know this is part of an attraction, that is freaky as hell, Neil told Stephen. Just then, two men with the burlap sack masks grabbed them from behind and screamed. Both Stephen and Neil let out shrieks that caused the actor in the white dress to momentarily break character and laugh at them. I almost broke Lizzie Borden's no-shitting-yourself rule. Neil told his friends as they walked further into the maze. Before they were able to see what the next scare had in store for them, the lights went out. Is is that part of the experience? Neil asked. Suddenly, the screams of patrons changed. Gleeful shrieks followed by laughs transformed into cries of terror. Stephen! Stephen, what's going on? Neil asked frantically. His questions remained unanswered as the LED torchlights came back on. The scene was drastically different than it was just moments ago. A few patrons were yelling out for missing partners or group members. A woman just ahead of him was laying over a body with a gash across the throat so large it's a miracle his head wasn't severed. Stephen! Stephen! Neil called out as loud as he could, but Stephen was nowhere to be found. Neil's body was momentarily paralyzed. He had passed the stage of being scared. He was overcome with dread. Neil started to run. Finding the parking lot and getting help was his only path to surviving this ordeal. People are running past him in all directions, screaming. They must all be looking for a way out, and none of them had found one. If they didn't find a way out, then then why would I? Neil thought. The sound of a chainsaw started again. This time, Neil knew the show was over, 
and it stopped him dead in his tracks. Just in front of him, there was a man dressed as Leatherface, wielding a chainsaw through the air as if it were a sword. Was it him that was responsible for this? Neil about faced with the intent of running in the other direction. However, he tripped over the many dead body props the maze was littered with. On the second glance, he realized this was no prop. A scream of agony made Neil look back as he picked himself off the ground. The chainsaw laid on the floor, and the man dressed as Leatherface was hoisted in the air and pulled by a pitchfork. Holding the pitchfork was a person wearing a hollowed-out pumpkin head as a mask. The jack-o'-lantern-headed beast dropped the body and continued to stab the already motionless man with the pitchfork. The sound of wet meat being plunged into by a large farm tool was audible even over the screams of people trying to escape in the background. Sprinting through the maze at this point, Neil was brought to a halt by what he saw in front of him, a person with the hollowed-out pumpkin mask was leaning over a body on the ground, hacking it up with a machete. Blood, skin, and pieces of body parts filled the air. Not knowing what other option he had, Neil ran straight through the corn. It was difficult working his way through the tall, thick corn stalks, but... Neil figured if he headed in one direction long enough, he would eventually make it out of the maze. He also thought that there was no way the killer could have gotten in front of him. That means there is at least two killers, but who knows how many more. He also realized that the chances of Stephen or any of the other people that are missing being alive were slim to none. The idea worked. Finally, Neil broke through the corn and found himself in the parking lot. He looked around. Mayhem was everywhere. People running out of the maze in fear. Cars were speeding away. The fire was burning near the farm entrance. And more pumpkin-head people were chasing down their screaming victims. How could this happen, Neil thought. How could any of this be real? It was at that point, Neil realized he had Stephen hold the keys to his car with no way out. This is where he would meet his end. Well, that escalated quickly. What happened to Stephen? How Neil made it out of there is a mystery to me. It was not looking good there for a minute. Like, not at all. <laughs> I hope this wonderful story helps you in choosing your holiday celebration plans. Surely, a scary story doesn't really happen. Surely. One more call out to the fabulous author who sent us 
this scary tale into me just in time to make it onto the podcast. Thank you, Jose Torres Jr., for extending the scared laughter this week. Oh, wait. You didn't think we were finished, did you? The monster always comes back, just like the end of each tale on the Dim Light Anxiety Podcast. Get in, yelled Stephen from the car that nearly hit him. You made it, answered Neil in a voice much weaker than he intended it to be. Neil jumped in the passenger seat and they sped away, leaving the farm far behind them. Stephen, you're, you're bleeding. Look at your shirt, Neil told him. Don't worry, it's not mine, Stephen replied. Neil could see the light-up sign welcoming visitors to Fright Farm in the rearview mirror. Just then, he noticed something else in the rearview. A hollowed-out pumpkin mask sitting on the back seat. Neil looked at Stephen with terror in his eyes. No words would come to his mouth. Stephen said cheerfully, I told you, this was going to be the scariest Halloween ever. I declare this meeting of the Guild with Dim Light Anxiety closed. Beware of your actions out there. They do still have consequences. Until next time, creep it real. (laughs) This podcast does not condone any physical harm on yourself or others. These are fictional stories intended only for entertainment.